What is going on, everybody? Um, so this is going to be a little bit different again. Uh, I got a whole bunch of messages um, asking if I would do some more short stories. Uh, and first of all, let me say that felt really, really good. So uh, thank you. Um, I thought that was just going to be something to hold you over, but uh, that was it, it, that was really made me feel good. Good on the inside, which is, you know, nice every now and then. Um, so you know what? I, I recorded another one. Hopefully you like it. If not, that's okay too. Uh, I promise we'll get back to our normal fart and poop jokes uh, soon for everybody. Uh, but for now, enjoy this one. Thanks. Bye. God's Plan by Keith Cooper. I guess it's all part of God's plan. I've heard a lot of people say that, but I've always chalked it up to religious nonsense. I mean, in my experience, the kind of people that say it are the type that need it. They need a reason to explain why things happen to them. Your baby dies because it rolled over in the middle of the night? I guess it's part of God's plan. A guy driving a big rig from here to BC falls asleep at the wheel and kills a family of four? I guess that's part of God's plan. What's wrong with saying shit happens? I don't even believe in God, but I don't think it's fair to put all the blame on the guy. The truth is, most situations happen because somebody did something wrong. Baby probably died because you were so tired from being up all week that you didn't set the little bundles of towel on either side to stop it from rolling. And that guy fell asleep because his asshole boss was making him take his third straight run without a break to save a little cash. The fact is, someone's always at fault. We make our own mistakes. God has nothing to do with it. As I was thinking about these things to myself, lost in thought and feeling pretty wobbly on the top of my high horse... I didn't notice the tall black man that sat down beside me on the bus. You mind if I sit here? He said it with a cool tone. He reminded me of Miles Davis. And I know that seems a little racist. I mean, I could have said he reminded me of Sinatra or some other cool movie star, but this guy with his pencil-thin mustache was cool as shit. I'll be honest, I'm just as surprised that my first thought went to cool for a guy with a mustache. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Here, let me get my stuff out of your way. I fumbled with what seemed to be my entire life stored in a little bag. Appreciate it. He sat down and let out a long breath. Man, even the way he said appreciate it sounded badass. Am I gay? Listen to the way I'm fawning over this guy. As I stuffed my crap under my seat, I gave the man a quick once-over. I'd never actually met someone who wore leather pants. Sure, I'd seen them in movies and stuff, but this was the first time I'd ever seen someone wearing them. I wanted to reach out and touch them, but the thought of getting caught and then spending the rest of this six-hour bus ride next to a man whose pants you just touched made me change my mind. Shirt looked fancy, too. Not flashy, just expensive, I guess would be a better way to put it. I wondered how many months' rent that shirt would run me. As I admired the stitch work down the side of his sleeve, I noticed a silver cuff attached to his left wrist. The other end was linked to a briefcase. I guess I must have been staring too long because I didn't even hear him ask me the first time. Oh, I'm sorry, what? I asked. I said, do you like my jewelry? Oh, uh, no, I, oh, I guess, you know, I I was, do you even have something on your wrist? I try to play it as cool as I can, and even as I'm spitting it out, I say to myself over and over, stop talking. Just stop talking. He laughs a small laugh, one that said, it's cool, baby. Don't even worry about it. Then he looks me in the eye and says, It's cool, man. Don't even worry about it. 
Damn, why did I think he was going to call me baby? I need to make a mental note to do some serious self-thinking. I try to recover the best that I can. Yeah. Let me guess, you're a police officer escorting this dangerous briefcase to Vancouver. I try to be funny, but my squeaky voice has other plans. He smiles and shakes his head. Funny man, huh? That's good. I like funny. He leans back and rests his head. I assure you, funny man, I am so very far away from being a police officer. I nod and try to pretend like I knew what that implied, although I clearly have no idea. Thing is, I hate not knowing. I've just always had to know. I, I don't need to know all the details. I just need to know the main thing, and then I can leave it alone. I'm drawn to knowing like a fat man to free donuts. I try to go back to looking out my window, but after what I can only imagine was a record three and a half seconds for me, I blurt out, so what's in there? Is it a soul like in Pulp Fiction? <laughs> I am incapable of saying something cool. Contract. He says without missing a beat. Cool, cool. So you're like an obligor or something? Even as I say it, I wasn't sure I said the word right. I've only ever seen it written, so naturally this is a great time to try it out. <laughs> Contracts for a man's life. I kill people, kid. He says it with both eyes closed on an exhale of breath. Here I was, stunned, and this man said that he killed people for a living the way my drunk mom says goodnight. The fat man should have left the donuts alone. As I'm sitting there waiting for the man to turn and smile and say, Just kidding! He sits there with his eyes closed in deep sleep. I'm looking out the window, but I couldn't tell you what I was looking at because my mind and heart were racing. Why do I always have to ask? Okay, play it cool. Maybe it's... Something he just says to shut people up on long trips. Actually, so what about you, funny man? He cuts me off mid-thought. Sorry? I turn quickly. The man's eyes still closed, hands resting peacefully in his leathery lap. What is it you do for a living? He opens one eye and looks at me. I told you what I did. I think it's only fair that you extend me the same courtesy, no? I have no idea what to say. It is crystal clear to me now that this man wasn't going to say gotcha. And we both have a laugh about it while we're on our way to BC, have a beer. Man, why am I fantasizing about having a beer with this guy? What am I doing? That question too hard for you? Now he's opening both eyes, locking on to me like dinner. Oh, uh, well, actually, uh, I am currently between jobs. I mean, you know, I don't have one. Well, I, you know, I had one. But it sort of, it, I got fired is what it is. Uh, I was a mascot at a Chuck E. Cheese and there was an incident involving some after hour ballroom play. Uh, long story. And that's why I'm actually going to BC because I am flat broke. And my friend Teddy uh, said that he could hook me up with the job. And I should point out that Teddy isn't really a friend. I mean, you know, I know him, but it's just because we were in the third grade together and we both got sick because we ate the same tainted paste in our art class. So... I was speaking way too fast. I was transparently nervous. I'm trying to pretend I wasn't having the worst case of verbal diarrhea, but the brown runny letters dribbling down my chin said otherwise. The man sits up and takes a long look at me. This is it. I was looking around on the bus to see if I could escape. Even jumping out the window and rolling down the highway now seemed like a better idea than sitting here. <laughs> You're a strange little fella, huh? 
He reaches his uncuffed hand into the inside jacket pocket. Holy shit. I'm going to die on a bus on my way to BC. All because I had to know. He pulls out a container that houses some pills. I breathe a sigh of relief as he pops it open. Frig. Even his medicine container's cool. All silver and fancy. Two letters etched into the top. B.T. Takes out a pill and swallows. I'm not going to kill you, funny man. I try to act like I don't know what he's talking about, but it's like this guy knows everything I'm thinking before I even say it. Oh, okay, well, you know, that's good then. (laughs) He laughs. Hey, man, you're the one who asked me what I did for a living. He puts his medicine case back into his pocket and continues resting. As I relax, I start to feel stupid. Yeah, sorry about that. I just never met anyone that said they killed people for a living. He doesn't flinch. Well, I never met anyone that ate paste in the third grade. He smiled, and then I smiled. We were both smiling. So is there uh, good money in your line of work? I'm pretty desperate for cash. I say it half-jokingly, but the sad part is I was so broke that I think my subconscious was half-hoping this guy would offer me a job. Maybe not actually shooting, but like a squire. A hitman squire. Is that a thing? There's a big difference in thinking about killing someone and actually doing it. It's real easy to imagine yourself doing the job well. Looks like I'm still going to go work with paste-eating Teddy. But I can't help myself with this itch. I'm fascinated. So, are you like a government spook or something? Okay, not, you know, not spook. I mean, like an agent or something like that. Steps to piss off a contract killer. Make inadvertent racist comment. Check. He smiles again. Relax, funny man. I'm self-employed. G-Man kills for thrills. I do it for money. I nod. I feel my foot rising toward my mouth again, but I still say it. So, I guess you could say you kills to pay the bills? He laughs a big, huge, hearty laugh. The first real sign of humanity from him. You know I like that? You mind if I use that, funny man? I was just so happy I wasn't going to die. Hey, uh, all yours? He takes out some paper and writes it down. I'm actually flattered. Thing is, I don't actually get paid till the job's done. I had no idea why this man was sharing so much of his life with me. In my mind, I'd made up my own reasons for thinking maybe he was just lonely and wanted someone to talk to. So, you just do the job and they send you money? Yep. I pick up a case. Inside is a phone, map, photo. A few hours later, somebody calls and asks if I'm taking the job. When I'm done, I call him back, and a man drops the money off to a location of my choosing. Easy peasy. Stop yourself from saying Japanesey. Can, can I ask why you're telling me all this? I wasn't sure I should even ask. I mean, what if he hadn't thought of that until right then when I asked? Maybe I was so unassuming that I posed no threat until this very moment. Well, he stops. At first, I think we hit some of those rumble strips on the side when you veer off a highway, but before anyone can process what's going on, a loud popping sound that I can only compare to as a cartoon-sized inflated bag smashing beside your ear. After that, the bus tips over sideways and everything goes silent. As we hang in the air, I wait for the inevitable crash. I don't know what happened, but thanks to an icy road and my drunk mom, I knew what was coming next. Now, 
The word crash doesn't properly describe the sound of a 6,000-pound bus hitting the pavement. I need to make another mental note to invent a word for this. From my view, I fall sideways. But as I crash down on top of this older man who had been sitting on the opposite side of me, I realize the bus has landed on the driver's side. Sparks fly, people scream, and blood pours. When the bus finally stops moving, I'm helped to my feet by the bus driver. Hey, you all right? A trail of fresh, bright blood running down his forehead. I'm nodding and looking around. The people who could get to their feet were, and were helping others around them who could not. I help a lady up who grabs me and keeps repeating, where's my cat? Over and over again. I'm able to jump up, open the door, and pull myself out. One advantage to weighing 110 pounds, I suppose. As I climb out the top of the bus, I see people getting out of their cars. Everyone is stopped, and they're looking around as if some magical thing was going to step up and give them answers, telling them where they should go. A ringing phone breaks my concentration. My head follows the ring, and I climb down off the bus. Another ring, and I notice the long smear of blood and what looks like the grizzle part of a steak. Mental note, I hate steak now. I follow the phone ringing red trail all the way to the pair of leather pants. I quickly run over to see if the man's all right. As I roll him over, I hear people behind me saying, An earthquake hit! Friggin' earthquake! Nothing they're saying really registers as I turn the man over. He's dead. I'm not 100% sure how I feel. The guy seemed nice enough, but based on everything he told me, it's hard to feel empathy for a man like that. The ring was coming from the inside of the case attached to his now severed arm. As I wipe the blood from my hands, I find a tiny key in his leathery pocket. With people still crying behind me and ignoring logic, my fat man instincts walk toward the donuts again. I open the briefcase and answer the ringing phone. Hello? I ask quietly, not really sure what I'm expecting. A voice disguised with a filter says, Will you take the job? I'm still not sure what's changed in the last minute, but I know it's a lot. Whether it was the accident or the fact that I am extra broke, I look down at the open briefcase, a photo of an older, powerful white man staring me in the eyes. Yes. The person on the other end doesn't say anything else. They hang up, leaving me wondering what the hell I just said. Inside the case, I find the pistol, the map, and the photo, just like he said. A big man runs over, gasping for breath. I quickly close it up. Hey, you all right, buddy? He says between wheezes. I get to my feet and put the case under my arm as if it belonged to me all along. Yeah. And I wasn't lying. Not even to myself. Holy Jesus, your friend is a mess, huh? The man says this with what I would now consider to be a comment in extremely bad taste. Yeah, I guess he is. Jeez, Chief, you believe this? One minute, we're all driving up down the road. Next thing you know, everything's frickin' sideways. The man takes off his meshback ball cap and wipes his sweaty head with his sweaty arm. I look him in the eye and shrug. Well, I guess it's all part of God's plan.